podcast where Chase Minifield, Dom Joseph, and Max Millian discuss life lessons they've learned as young entrepreneurs in the business world. Join them as they debate current events, business topics, and enjoy a few laughs with their weekly guests. And now for today's show. What up, what up? Here we are with another episode of the CPC Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Minifield, coming to you live from Lexington, Kentucky this week. Max Millian, where you at? You 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 not at home this week, Max. You traveling a little bit this week, ain't you, Max? Nah, I mean, I'm out here in Oakland, California, saying what's up to everybody from the West Coast. Hope y'all are doing well. The weather's beautiful out here, man. I'm enjoying myself. That's what's up, man. You see, I switched it up. Dom Joe was probably already about to say something, man. He was like, ah, you go shoot for Max. You know, <laughs> hey, bro, hey, bro, you already know. Hey, hey, Dom was ready to go. Hey, hey, hey hold on. Come on. Come on. Hey. I don't appreciate that, bro. You know what I'm saying? I get it down first. Okay, bro? That's how I get down on that, I get it down first, okay? Oh, man. Hey, man. So what's hey. happening again, bro? I'm just watching you. I was like, I was like what up, Dom Joe? You all right, bro? Yeah, I feel good, man. I'm happy we got, a, uh, you know, another fellow Philadelphian man, a young legend, a young <laughs> Who's go ahead, where? Well, go ahead, you know well, go ahead and introduce our guest then, shoot. You're going to take it. Go ahead and introduce our guest. You, just, you know what I'm saying? Every guest, he just, these last couple of guests, he, get, he like doing the intro, man. He feel like, well, he, he feel do. like freaking WWE ring announcer. Coming to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to the ring, man. Go ahead and give it to us then, Job Joe, for, you, for our guest here this week. Ladies and gentlemen, I am honored to announce today we have on the podcast, like I said, Hanley from Philadelphia, um, all AC, former All ACC uh, tennis player, professional tennis player, uh, an important part of Team Serena. Yes, the Serena Williams. You know what I'm saying? Um, we got my man, none other than Jameer Jenkins. Yo, bro, <laughs> every game was right there, but uh, I'm from Atlanta. You just ran me like um, Philadelphia is my second home. Oh man, mm. yeah. it's, all, it's all good though. Yeah. That hurts. <laughs> yeah. That hurts. All, the, all the good music. Hey man, I know you spent a lot of time feeling so my bad, bro. My bad. Hey, Philly's my second home, bro. It's not a diss at all. Like I, I can rep Philly to the hardest. I don't know about the Eagles though, but Philly, Philly's right. I can dig it, man. I can dig it. But yeah, man, I appreciate y'all having me on the show. Um, I've been I've been checking y'all out. Y'all are y'all are super funny, man. It's funny to listen to, informative, inspiring, all of that. I like that last episode when you had the barber, uh, John's barber, on there. Hey, man, shout out my man Rel. You know what I mean? You know, Philly always. I definitely got to check him out next time I'm in Philly. Got to, got to, man. That's love right there, man. But uh, tell us about yourself, man. Like your, your story, um. You know what I'm saying? Your uh, your journey, just your whole tennis journey, man. And I know, I know. No, 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 bro. That's not your job, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Starts at a young age. That's not your job. You put your microphone on mute when the thunder gets stolen. Yeah, yeah, man. Hey, yeah. you put your microphone on mute. Man. Hey, so that's his job. Yeah, yeah. You put your microphone on mute. You starting to. You know what I'm saying? You got it. You got it. <laughs> hey, you know, you, hey, you can dial one pass and do the guest. He's going to take yeah, over. Man, the first hey, man. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, I just hey, seen a video. I'm got so I had to steal somebody else's, man. Hey, <laughs> I, I just seen a video. I just seen a video of uh, Kanye or of Northwest at uh, Sun, Kanye Sunday Services. And she had a mic, but she wasn't nothing coming out of her mic. That's how we got had to do it, Dom Joe. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, make them feel like they, make, yeah, make them feel like they're the number one singer, but he ain't giving us no juice. You know what I'm saying? Make them feel like they're, you know. Hey, die. Yeah, y'all hating, man. Dom was doing his thing for a good, what, two minutes there. Oh, yeah, he was doing his thing. He was doing his thing. But, you know, sometimes you look, you know how you, you have a little kid that you want to play video games with you all the time? And you'd be like, man, you know you can't play video games, man. So you just got to give them the controller. Don't plug it in. When we was coming up, we had to plug it in. Nowadays, they got the wireless, but we used to have to plug that joint in. You know what I'm saying? You hey, just want to plug that thing in. taking that from this guy? <laughs> hey, man, because this is the thing. This is the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, Chase, Chase is about what? 510, 150? Well, Chase knows how. I mean, no, I mean, let's get wrong. Don't get it twisted. If you... Chase knows I'll, 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 I'll
since you're not from Philadelphia. Tell them about Atlanta, coming up in Atlanta, uh, how you got started playing tennis, and how you ended up at UVA. Uh, yeah, bro. Um, my dad actually just uh, randomly picked up a racket out of his garage one, one day and uh, put the racket in my oldest brother's hand. He played. He got really good. Um, he ended up getting, like, a full scholarship to go play Northwestern. And my dad, at the time, like, he hadn't planned had plan on paying, paying for any of our colleges. So he was just like, dang, this is a good good method right here. It seems like it's pretty legit and put a racket in everybody's hands. And when I was coming up, um, it was just always about competing with them. <clears throat> so that was, like, my fire right there. Whatever my brother's did, I was like, all right, I see that. I'm going to try and one-up that. Um, and so, yeah, that's how I just, I got started in tennis. I was just trying to like mirror whatever they did. You know, um, I would just go to tournaments every weekend with them and beg whoever was available to practice with me and hit with me. And that's how I got good. Um, how many, how many siblings you got? That, um, I have nine brothers and two sisters. Wow. So I big guess, like, my mom, I guess you're, I guess you're in the middle of that, huh? It. You're in the middle of you and the youngest. Yeah, uh, second to the youngest. Well, my mom just adopted two more like six months ago. Um, my mom adopted total like seven or eight. Sorry, it's a lot of people to keep up with. Uh, um, yeah, man, it's a, it's a huge family. And uh, we just grew up being like this tight-knit tennis family. Everything we did revolved around tennis. Like, like I said, that was a... There was a tournament every weekend. Um, every summer was filled with playing tennis. Um, you know, I would come home from school, go go right to the tennis courts, and I started homeschooling for tennis at, like, the fifth grade or something. Um, so, yeah, I would wake up in the morning, do school for, like, an hour, two hours, and just hit the courts for, like, seven, eight hours. Well, I was uh, pretty committed from a young age. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I got continued my career. Um, I was always planning on to go the professional route. Um, but like my 12th year of high school is when I decided like, dang man, um, you know, if I turn pro right now, I'm probably not going to get good looks at sponsorships, endorsements and stuff. So it just, it just didn't seem right to, um, to go pro at the time. And I was, I remember being, uh, part of my process and I was like number one recruit in the country at the time. I looked up and saw UVA was one. So there I put them on the list. Um, it was Texas A&M, Ohio State as well. Um, and I was um, I was at this tournament. It's a crazy story how I committed to UVS. I was at this tournament, uh, this low-level pro tournament before school. Um, and I was uh, I had lost in the tournament. And I was like, damn, because I was, I was banking on me winning so I could, like, get some cash so I can leave home. I was, I was pretty broke at the time. Um, but so with with the with the recruiting system, the way it works, like they they'll pay for you to come there and then like wherever you're leaving. So I had lost. I had no way of getting home. I was just like, all right, let me take a recruiting visit somewhere. You know, they can pay pay for my flight out of here and then wherever I got to go next. So I called up uh, the Texas A&M, who I was always going to go to. I had a best friend at the time. We were pretty close. He had committed to Texas A&M. I was like, bet. Let me just go there check out the campus and, you know, with whatever, I'll just sign after, after the trip. And so I called the coach and he was like, um, you know, we really want you to come the weekend that we're playing UT, uh, Texas. And he was like, you know, I want you to see the crowd. I want you to see, you know, how important um, the competition is for us and, um, you know, just how great the facilities are. But we want you to come on this specific weekend. So I was like, dang, man, I really – um you know, I need, I needed to come. I didn't want to tell him that at the time, but I was like, all right, let me just call up UVA. UVA was like, yeah, we'll take you. And then got me a flight right then. Uh, I, I, I was never planning to come to UVA, but I just, I needed somewhere to go that weekend. I ended up coming to UVA, uh, really vibing with the team. And, uh, I had never met the coach either, you know, got along well with him. And on top of that, it was a good academic school too. Not I me, mean, not knocking Texas A&M, but I think they're in two different leagues. But um, 
but then yeah, I, I ended up committed to UVA not not long after that. But it's just crazy how I got there. Um, so yeah, after that, did, did you ask me uh, after the tour? Or you just said how I got into tennis. No, let's just start right there real quick. Um, so I got a couple yeah. questions. So I played I played a little tennis myself back. See, that's an unknown fact that everybody don't know right now. But now you know. <laughs> now you know, man. I played a, I played a little tennis oh, coming man. up pre pre high school. You know what I'm saying? Um, went to a couple of camps. I don't think I got any trophies or nothing <laughs> like that. But went to a couple of camps. <laughs> went to a couple of camps, man. And, you know, one thing about tennis is that you're not going to see too many guys that look like that out there. How did that make you feel when you was playing tennis? Did it make you Did it? Did it? Uh, um, was it different in Atlanta? I was just, I'm in Kentucky. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, Atlanta is a lot of it's a pretty big African-American hub, especially for tennis, because they got the Alta League out there. So, I mean, um, it, it definitely, I, I didn't pick up on it like like that much until UVA, actually, because growing up, there was always like a group of like eight or nine of us, but every tournament, we would always just hang out with each other or, you know, it, it made it like, I, I didn't really think about it too much. Um, but when I got to UVA, it was like, dang, I was the only black person on the team I was like the first, the first African American ever to play for UVA. So, yeah. So I mean, uh, that that's really actually when it, when I started thinking about it more. But before then, it didn't really, I, I didn't really phase me because I mean, I had my brothers and I had you know every yeah. other black person playing tennis too. That's interesting. I would have never guessed that. The same that's pretty cool though that you was first African American at UVA. Um, never would have guessed yeah. that, but that's pretty cool. So when you got to UVA, man, um, how is the like? How is tennis? How is playing tennis at University of Virginia? What is y'all schedule like? Is it um, hectic? What's your training schedule like? Like how how is it being a student athlete um, or tennis tennis focused at University of Virginia? Our coach really, yeah, our coach really tried to model things to put us in the best position for the pros. So a lot of schools um, do team practices. Ours was all always individualized. So you know, um, so we never really practiced with, like, more than two or three people on the court at the same time. It's one of the things that I liked about um, training there. Like, I felt like it really gave me a good chance to, you know, play professional tennis after just by the way that they, they built the program. And then, yeah. you know, being the number one school, you're going to keep attracting those good players. So, you know, he, he, he kept recruiting the top, the top people. So I always had good training partners. So, you know, I was never... I never felt like, dang, man, we, you know, we, everybody, nobody's helping me to, to become better. So, I mean, it, yeah, that dude, like, the, our coach there continually kept bringing in the best people. Like, we had, um, our trainer had um, worked with, like, three or four former number one players in the world. So, I was just like, everything was, like, at, at, the, at the top level. So, I mean, playing and competing there, it just it's like, you know, you know, if you do everything that you got to do, you're going to give yourself the best chance to play pro, pro ball. No. So what did you study at UVA? Oh, I studied anthropology. Um, funny background story to that. Do y'all, y'all know Adam Brooks? Adam who? Hmm? No. I think, I think he was the academic uh, coordinator for, for football by the time I left. For Adam um, who? But no, so um, I was um, at the time when I first had uh, committed to UVA, I did that summer program there. But that summer program was uh, was um, was doing like this, the biggest junior tournament, and so I really didn't have time to kind of go into the studies and figure out what was what because I had just done like two years of school trying to catch up because uh, I went. I, I decided to go to college like literally last minute, and I, I was so mm-hmm. far behind. So this dude, you know, he just, you know, signed me up for these classes and he put me in these anthropology classes. And by the time school started, I had like nine or 12 credits. So I was just like, cool, I'm rolling with that. That was literally, that was, that was my only thought. Um, there you go. <laughs> looking, but yeah, so yeah, there you go, anthropology. Um, now, since it's, since it's such an individualized sport, were you always thinking like, you know, going pro? Was the main was the main thing on your on your mind, and how long you gonna be at school? Uh, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Go ahead, talk about that. Yeah, now no, again. Like, my 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 end goal was always to go pro. I actually, um, 
when I first like dang I got to go to college it was kind of a kind of a letdown for me until I got there um just because I always thought you know I wasn't going to go to college I was going to go straight to straight to pros but yeah. which I eventually did and I was always like good to kind of end game so, um, so once you got to uh, UVA, what was your success like on the tennis court? Go and talk about your successes that, on the tennis court and when did you choose to leave? How long did you stay there? When did you choose to leave? And how was your transition as a uh, professional? Um, well, I did all four years there. Um, my first year, um, it was just such a culture shock to me. Uh, like I said, I was homeschooled since fifth grade, so... Man, that was my first time in a co- in a in a college classroom setting or just classroom setting in general for for a while um, before that. Um, it was just my first time just being around a different crowd that didn't wasn't involved in tennis at all. So I was just I was so lost. Um, by the time my second semester ended, I wanted to get out of there so bad. I didn't know if I wanted to just go pro or. Uh, just transport to a different school because I, I hated my I hated my experience, um, but I also didn't really buy into the to the whole process um, as well. Um, and so yeah, I mean, um, I kind of adjusted with it a little bit. Um, I started actually just hanging out with more people and kind of just getting putting the whole picture together, and not just like you know playing tennis every day and not doing anything else. I started to hang out a little bit more, loosen up, and uh, I just bought into the process, and I ended up loving it there. Um, I don't spend too much time in, in Charlottesville now, but, man, those those next few years were pretty cool. That's what's up. I think that's one thing that we that we had a a little bit of an advantage on compared to those type, the smaller sports is the fact that we, we had no choice but to be ingrained in, like, the the school and what, what, what it was. Um, I don't know, maybe because it was so big. I don't know what it is, and it's such like a team environment. I mean, like the te- like the team is so big, and you just I don't yeah. know for some for some reason we all we always had to. Uh, where was your first year dorm at? Uh, I was in Woody. You was in Woody. Where? So and was, I uh, guess right the rec- uh, from the field. The recruiting class. The recruiting class for tennis is what like three, four, five, something like that. How many people y'all got? Yeah,你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看，你看
um, I had some momentum going forward. Um, you know, tennis is like a three-level tier platform, whereas, you know, you have your first level, which is like the future circuit. Um, I guess I would say people ranked outside of the 500. And then you have your challenger circuit, which is, you know, 500 to like top 150 in the world. Then after that, you have your tours and some grand slams, which is what you guys see on TV. So, I mean, uh, coming out of college, I started out at the, at the bottom level and kind of just slowly worked my way to the, to that challenger slash tour, tour level where I could, um, have a chance to qualify for those grand slams. So, you know, professional career, um, it was about four years long. Um, I got up to about 190 in the world. Um, I don't know if you guys know anything about tennis, but unless unless you're at that 120 mark, you're not making any money. It's such a grind. You're going from tournament to tournament. Um, mm. And unless you're winning consistently, you I mean, most of it, a lot of players, uh, you're, you're, you're losing money a lot of the time. Um, so, so did you have a full did you have a full time job while you were competing or no? No, I mean I, I was I was out there competing for four years. That was that was my full time job. Um, so yeah, I mean that uh, when um it was like four four years into it, I uh, I got hurt at uh, I want to say 2015 or 16 U.S. Open. I I sprained my Achilles. Um, and a part of my Nike contract and my Babylon contract, yeah, I had to keep my ranking within the top 200 in the world or else, you know, I had to, they were going to cut me. And so when I got injured, I wasn't able to fulfill that contract. They let me go, lost endorsements. Um, and so at that, at that time, I remember I went to, um, Australia to play some tournaments. I won like two or three tournaments, um, stayed there for like five or six weeks. I did poorly in the other tournaments, but I mean, I remember just coming back in debt, like, like, dang, man, these numbers really, really not working out. Um, and so I, was, I just, I ended up, and that, at that time I was losing a lot too. So it was just, I just had a really bad relationship with tennis and I stepped away for a little bit. Um, and I just wanted to try something different. Um, and so I ended my, my, I ended competing professionally, I want to say in 2017. And I don't know about y'all, but man, stepping away from something that you've been doing since you were four years old, it was was a rough transition for me. Um, I actually got into uh, finance. Um, I started working for Vanguard in Malvern, Pennsylvania. Um, I was like an investment sales consultant for like five or six months. and it just felt like I, was, I just felt super empty. Um, I was uh, struggling with depression, just not, just missing. I just, I just felt like I had like this huge void. Um, I mean, I would go home, and whenever every time I would go home before, it was just like you know that was I was my nickname is Aaron, so so I was like considered you know the dude that was always doing dope stuff with tennis, winning tournaments and stuff. And then I would go home, and it was like I didn't play tennis anymore, so it was like dang. But, what do you guys call me? Or, you know, who am I now? So I, yeah. I, I would go home feeling like a bum. And I don't know, man, it was just a rough transition um, when I when I didn't have tennis. And it was just a, a, a huge void for me. Um, so, you know, after doing that, the finance for like five or six months, I decided to scrap it. I definitely learned a lot of, a lot of cool things, though. But um, I wanted to get back into tennis, and I had this... Uh, I had this family reach out to me. Jameer, what was your what was your what was your reasoning? What was your reasoning for taking that job? Was it financial or was it just like like what what made you decide um, to do I was, that? I was in I was in Philly um, visiting my godfather um, just because I, I just I, I just went to his house just to take a break and kind of just put in my mind and you know he was just like I, I let him know that I wasn't thinking about playing I was thinking about quitting tennis and. You know, I gave him my reasonings, and he was uh, he agreed. And he was just like, you know, while you're in town, I have a buddy over here that's working at Vanguard. Um, you know, maybe you should see if they're hiring. So, um, I looked on the site, got the interview, and that was, I, it was just a thing by chance. It wasn't anything that I planned to go into finance. I, I had zero background in finance. 
Um, it was just something that just just happened by chance. You know, I interviewed for the job. You know, I started studying for like a week or two before before the interview process, and they they, they loved what I had to offer. So uh, you know, transitioning out of sports, man, is a common common thing, and it, and I don't think it obviously don't have nothing to do with you know sport at all. It has everything to do with you. Us as athletes, like developing an identity of that's what we are, that's what we do. You know what I'm saying? So, football transition. We we yeah. we've interviewed countless of people on here about struggling to transition out of sports. Emily, soccer. Emily, parents. She was a soccer one. Um, we had a lot of football players. I've talked about my transition and the struggle that it is. And you know, it, it, like you said, when you've been doing something for so long and you no longer do it, it's hard to find who am I next. Who am I next? What can I do? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, for sure. How did I mean, you get I, through I, that process? The best thing to, yeah, just just surrounding myself with with the dope people, man. My um, my brother. I had some really good mentors. Um, my godfather, my parents, and just some close friends back in Atlanta. That um, you know, they just basically just made me believe in myself again, and um, you know, just just. Sat me down, wrote all my goals, what it, wrote what I wanted to do, what I wanted to accomplish, and uh, you know, it was just no question that I had to get back into tennis. It just felt weird, you know, doing something since we were four years old and, and then going turkey, which is cold turkey, which is what I wanted to do when I first stopped playing. I didn't want anything to do with tennis, and then like five months later, there was like this huge void. Um, why did you have so, that yeah, bad taste? Why did you have that bad taste? Why did you have that bad taste with tennis? Was it you felt like that if the game would um, give you what the give you anything back for what you had put into it, or what, what was your where did it stem from the the hate or the disregard for the sport that's been basically carrying? Yeah, I think it was just uh, not living up to the expectations that I had set out when I first that you know just being that four year old kid with the, with the dream, you know, I want to compete for Grand Slam titles, you know, and yeah. Yeah, man, just 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 didn't live in, just didn't think I've lived up to those expectations. Um, you know, some of them weren't mine, some of them were mine, but um, so, I, I tell just a lot of people, I just I just had to step away. I tell a lot of people this about my NFL experience, and that's basically like, have you ever like I tell them like, do you all, and this is people that usually ask me this question. I tell them, have you ever had the feeling of going after something or reaching for something and then getting there and it's not living up to your expectation as far as like oh, this is not what I pictured it to be. And um, I, can, I can, I'm, and I'm not going to speak for you, but it kind of seems like that might be your thing because, um, you know, if he was, like, number one player in the world competing against the dogs and um, Federers and all these guys, you probably, you know what I'm saying, have a different feeling. But once once you get up there and you got to deal with the politics and the, the money and, I mean, having to stay within the top 200 – that's a, that's a hell of a contract right there. How, how to stay within the top 200 or you get cut. I mean, that's a lot of pressure, especially when you're at... That's even if the account you hurt. Exactly. Like, you, you have no clause when you're hurt that you can still drop out. That's that's tough. And, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, those type of situations, that that's, that causes somebody. When, when everything else has to start playing, when everything else comes into a situation that it's usually just been me in this sport, it's just been me in this football, it's just been me in this tennis racket and this tennis ball, and now you got outside factors affecting that relationship. That causes a lot of people to start like not loving, you know, the sport that you know um, actually done brought you to this place or the love for the sport. And I, that's one thing I had a trouble with in football was, especially when I got to the NFL level. Like I was, I was almost to the point where it's kill or be killed, and that's cool. But that's almost like brainwashed. I don't got brainwashed that I gotta be that it's kill or be killed just so I can keep this contract. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's kill or be killed just so I can keep yeah, this contract. No, yeah. And, um, you know, I had to start – I really started to, like, man, you got to start loving the game again. And you can't allow these people to take mm. away your love for the game just just for these money, just for the money. You know what I'm saying? And when, yeah, that, money yeah. gets, when that money gets involved, man, you start start doing things just just to make sure that you can keep these bills and these lights on. And – um I mean, it starts making people act different. So, 
that's an interesting that's an interesting uh, thought process, especially for uh, a sport and uh, experience that we us three here we don't have no idea about. Um, so let's talk about what you're doing yeah, now. I got I got a ton of respect for y'all getting out on that field, man. I've always had a ton of respect. Um, Did you ever play any football, uh, man? Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah. Did you play any other sport? No, bro. It was it was all tennis for me from the time I was four years old. I've only ever done tennis. Um, I I didn't pick up any other sport. But um, we'll be glad we'll be glad yeah, you come out on that football field because we're knocking blocks off out there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I actually uh, I always tell people I, I got recruited to play for Mike London. Oh really? Yeah, I'm, so, I ain't yeah, he, he, called, he called me into his office. He said it, but <laughs> I, I don't know if he was being sarcastic or not. What position you think you would have played? <laughs> what position you think you would have uh, played? Give me cornerback. Give me cornerback. All right, there you go. There you go. Now you know. Oh, if you're going oh, oh, to say wide receiver, I was about to. Have, I had a couple of choice words for you. You know what I'm saying? But uh, <laughs> since you play cornerback, that must be yeah, some toughness. The thing is, the thing is, bro, I'm I'm crazy competitive, so. You know, if coach called me into the office, he said, hey, you know, we need somebody to challenge Chase, man. You know, I was I was going to be right there, bro. All right. All right. Don't, don't fight off more than you can Ooh, do now. Okay. All right. Don't fight off more than you can do now. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, no, I've always well, said one thing. Hey, I always said one thing. If you give me somebody that'll compete, then they got a, they got a chance. I, I can't deal with people that can't compete, man. Like, if you if you compete to the highest level, and you can you can go one on one, and that's one thing about tennis players is that they go mano a mano. And that's how I'm built on the football field right. corner. I don't like I don't like playing nothing else. I you know a lot of those other corners, they like those inside outside zone coverage. I can play that all day, but really where where you see a different side of me was when it was like all right, this just me and you all day, buddy. It's just me and you all day. Let's see who come out. What made the best man win? So, um, and, and I don't uh, know, Dom, Dom, is this true? Oh yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, that's facts, man. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's why our DB call is so good though for real, man. Cause I know mean, we all had that mindset, man. It's, hey man, yeah, I'm out here, man. If you can beat me, beat me. And if you beat, you had to do it again, bro. You know what I'm saying? Do this all day, so you come out on top. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all gotta have. I feel like y'all have to have that mentality. Bro. I mean, y'all don't have to have anything less than that. Y'all, you know, somebody's at your head 24/7. Straight up, man. So. So man, let's get let's Jamil, let's get back into it. Um, tell everybody what you're doing now, man. What do you do now? We done talked about a tough transition. Now, how did you get to where you go where you at now? You know, tell everybody what you're doing. Oh yeah, so um, right after I have started, uh, right after I finished that um, that finance gig, um, I had a family reach out to me and say, hey, that we we wanted to uh, we want you to train our kids for two years. Um, we're gonna you know, fly you out, move you out to Puerto Rico which I lived there for like five months. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember, but there was like two huge hurricanes that hit Puerto Rico a couple of years ago. And I was yeah. actually living there at that time. Um, and that hurricane just kind of wiped out everything that I had going on there. And it was around that time that Serena had just had her kid. Um, and at the time, my brother was working with Venus, her sister, um, and, yeah, so when the hurricane hit Puerto Rico, um, I relocated back to the state. You know, my brother, I get this text one day from my brother, like, hey, bro, um, you know, Serena's looking for a new training partner. You know, would you would you be interested in working with her? And I, I remember sending this man back, like, two or three question marks, like, for real? Um, and, yeah, and then the rest is history. I, I, I told him yes, um, ended up meeting with uh, Serena's coach, Flying out to uh, to France a couple of weeks later, um, you know he gave me the spot on the on the on the, on the uh, he gave me the job on the spot, and a week later I was um, you know at, at Serena's place training with her as her official training partner. And I know uh, Serena's big enough to go by a first name basis, but everybody know just tell everybody who the Serena is you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Serena Williams, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Not not to get into like specifics about like specifically her training, but just in like the sports of tennis, like what exactly does a hitting partner do? Besides so, do they do more than just like hit? 
So, uh, as a training partner, um, so, so, <laughs> what happened? Nah, Dom just, they do more than just hit. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, so, I mean every, everyone's different. There's, I mean, legit, the job that I have, there's only like maybe two or three other training partners um, like this. And when I first got the gig, you know, my brother was one of those people working with, with Venus Williams. So he kind of gave me, you know, the, the breakdown. So essentially, um, you know, anytime you see her training or practicing outside of what you see on TV, we're training together. Um, you know, there'll be weeks where um, I'm kind of running the, I'm helping her out with the with the tennis side and doing the fitness. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't do any coaching with her or anything. I just handle handle the everything that uh, as it reports to uh, the training. So like you like run with her and all that too. <laughs> you know y'all thought. Do you, yeah, have, that's me? Me. do you have to have like the, yeah, man, that's ridiculous, bro. I mean, come on now. We're trying to run a professional <laughs> podcast. We're trying to run a professional <laughs> podcast here. There's being sponsored. Hey, man. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Hey, here we go. We got guys in the back. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> come on, bro. Don't, don't, I don't want to hear. I, I'll take a few days. I, I, I'm with Dom. Dom always got that. This is my first hey. time. Hey. Hey. But you didn't even have no awareness. What was your awareness at? I mean, you didn't even hit the beauty. Hey, I had the time. The car came around. I was like, man, it's too late you, now. You got an iPhone, bro? You got an iPhone? I, I do. I didn't have time to hit the mute button, man. I messed up. Oh, uh, no. It's a ridiculous. Yeah, man. Yeah. We got all of Max, we're, not, we're probably not going to get Max's best performance today, man, because he's at an Indian wedding. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you've never been to an Indian wedding before, them things last all weekend, man. So, uh, look, oh, man, man, I you might need a pass this weekend. Them things, are seven, them things are seven days long, man. We've yeah, been doing them all day. day. Alright, well, let's get, let's get back to the crazy Max part. Max, we got us off target, man. Max, but, uh, nah, anyway, I got, I got a question. Being this is a business podcast, so is there a way, you said it's only two or three, is this something that you see yourself could make, you know, your own academy where all you do is have people who do that, or why is there only um, there's so many good tennis players and teams out there? Um, there's, uh, you can't really afford them. I mean, you know, Serena's like one of the few people that, that can afford to, you know, have a person travel with them, train with them, do everything that they're doing. Um, because, I mean, uh, again, like, if you're not at the top level, then you know, a lot of times you, if you have, if you hire a coach, you have your physio, you have your trainer, um, you're not able to, uh, to then also hire a, a, a training partner. So it's just, it's an expensive business, man. Tennis is, is super expensive. And, you know, Serena's just lucky enough to be one of those people um, you know, that, that can afford uh, to, to have someone like that. So, so Jameer, where, 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 where do you, what do you have to be able to provide to, to, to live up to the expectations of being uh, Serena's heart, help, uh, hitting partner? I'm sure you can't gain no weight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm sure you can't be overweight over there. Hitting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what, yeah, what kind of expectations yeah, sure. do you got? I mean, uh, the, the, the standard is high. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I have to replicate the people who she's going against at, at, to the best of my ability, you know. So, you know, when we when we go to these tournaments, if she if she's playing someone who's consistent, you know, then you know I'm I'm trying not to miss a ball. If she's playing someone that likes to hit balls flat, you know, I'm hitting yeah. the ball all flat, spin, vice versa. So, you know, um, here goes, here goes, a, here goes yeah, a, quick, a trick question for you. Here goes a trick question for you. So, uh, you know, back in my NFL days, I played a couple practice squad days. You know what I'm saying? I was on the practice team a couple of times. Had to give the look to the, to the, to the guys that was playing. Now, uh, I guess it was a little different in your situation. Now, I was still trying to make the team. I was still trying to get out there on Sunday. So, you know, I was trying to make people look <laughs> bad out there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They telling me to do this way. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm about to, about to go do it like this. Probably one of the reasons I ended up getting cut. So, uh, in my advice to you, <laughs> I would I would do that look just like they wanted to get done. You know, don't mess that look up, man. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no, 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 for sure. When uh, when Serena asks to have things done a certain way, it, it gets done a certain way one hundred percent of the time. There you go. That's that's mm-hmm. a, that's, a, that's some advice I can give you right there. <laughs> yeah. Hey Jameer, so because yeah. of your experience pri- um, or after you going pro, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the training with Serena. Is there like, do you think 
you're a better tennis player now than you were when you were actually pro. And if that's the case, could you go back into the circuit and, and, and uh, you know what I'm saying, give it another shot? So I feel like um, you're in an interesting no. situation. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I was just talking to somebody the other day. Um, I had just finished a training session for Serena, and I was like, man, if I'm, if I'm training like this, I might as well go back on tour. <laughs> so it's funny that you that you brought that you brought that up. But um, but no, I mean the the the, the training is different. The amount of time that I'm putting, that I'm putting on court right now is, is a lot less than I would be doing if I were um, if I were training by myself professionally, but. I would I will say that the the quality of the training is definitely higher training with her. Um, you know, this is the most locked in, consistently performing days that I've had in my entire tennis career. Like, um, you know, I've been with Serena for two years and I've had maybe two or three bad practices whereas I was training, you know, by myself on tour. Um, you know, I probably have up to 70 bad practices so um this is the most <laughs> locked in that i've ever been just to uh, uh, give you some kind of some kind of perspective like i don't know it's just serena has this like way of going about her business that's just like everybody else feels that when she steps on the court you know to get ready for a match or her training and it's like you know, when we're on, when we're tennis, when we're training and doing doing our tennis back home, it's just like it's, it's no funny business. Like we just get straight to work from the first ball of practice. It's, it's just like us getting straight to work. So you know, it's, it's, it, there is no she doesn't leave anything up to chance. It's like everything that she's doing is like she's worked her ass off for. Definitely a uh, a formula for for uh, excellence. So. And what you're doing is dope. We ain't going to interview too many people. That's Actually, I guess we ain't going to interview nobody that's in this position. So um, has your popularity gone up? Because yeah, you know, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm watching the tournament. What's the most recent tournament uh, that you got that's really playing in? I was watching Wimbledon. And who's on the screen? You know what I'm saying? Who's on the screen? My guy right here, right there, man. You on TV. You on TV at least. Uh, I don't know. They probably touched you at least uh, 30 times. I don't think they were showing you. I think they were showing a coach. But. But you know what I'm saying? You was yeah. right there next to him. So uh, has the yeah. popularity gone up at all? Do your followers gone up? Or do people act like, who is that guy? Who's this guy? Does anybody ask those type of questions? Or um, get that type of stuff? Um, probably outside of the tennis world. But I mean, the tennis world is, the, the tennis world itself is so small that, you know, um, I, I, I kind of live in, 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 in that tennis bubble. So my, my, my popularity has gone up outside of that. But I mean, um, uh, I, I'm, I, I really don't pay attention to it. I'm pretty, I'm pretty low key when it comes to that. All right. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't know if you was going to be an influencer or, uh, you know what I'm saying? Something like that on Instagram. Get your, get your, get your game popping. But nah, man, we're, nah, we're that's, doing that's dope, bro. I see, I see you, you, uh, are you CEO, Instagram model, you do it all. Oh, Instagram model, CEO, you know what I'm Instagram saying? model. Hey. hey. Hey, Jameer sees, sees one thing when he sees my page, and that's what no bag goes untouched. Jameer, no bag goes untouched. We we could keep it all bag. All right? So Yeah, opportunity to make some money, we got to do it. You know what I'm saying? So there might be some more coming your way here yeah. soon. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, it, bro. So, man, we appreciate you being on here, bro. Uh, you know, um, I'm not sure what the future holds. I'm not sure if you know what the future holds, but you know I'm sure it's gonna be a bright future, whatever it is, man. Cause you know, yeah, positive man, people, um, positive people win, man, exactly. for sure. Positive people win. Nah, you're good, so, you're good. Positive people win in this world, and uh, you know, through the ups and downs, you, you've maintained course, and you know, right now you're in a position, a, a unique position that is a once in a lifetime opportunity, man. So enjoy that, enjoy that, uh, soak it up, and you know, good, whenever man. it's time to go to the next thing. Um, you know, you'll only be better. So, man, let everybody know um, where they can reach you at, where we can get your followers up at. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you – I know if you ever if you ever go into personal training tennis again, I know that price is going way up. That price is going way up. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's what I was doing before I was with Serena. So, I mean, uh, yeah, likely uh, having, having Serena Williams on, your, on the resume definitely. <laughs> then Frank Green, we're going to – hey, tennis for Frank. 
some Frank right here. Them Frank Green fights, we're going them out the water. We're going them Frank Green fights out the water. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shout out, shout out to Frank, man. He's in Philly, yeah. Frank is in Philly. Oh yeah, Frank right down the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out, shout out to Frank. Frank the Tank. Uh, but yeah, no, you can uh, you can reach me my Instagram. I think it's just my my first name, Jameer J R M E R E. Twitter handle is Jameer Jenkins. Um, that's that's really all that I have. Awesome, man. Well, like I said, we appreciate you stopping by, doing our story. We about to do this gas of the week. We about to do this gas of the week. Who is it? Did is it Max this time, man? It gotta be Max or is it Dom Joe? I mean, it could be me. You know, I always got that gas for you, man. You know what I'm saying? All right, here we go, man. We gonna, we gonna let Max get it after this one, bro. So, uh, Dom Joe, man, hit us with some gas. Give him that 93, Dom. All right, man. Um, this, this, I thought about this. I thought about this all week, man, because um, we had a little couple struggles at work, and everybody was asking me. Hey, when am I getting paid? When am I getting paid? Da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? I I let everybody know. You know what I mean? Look, everybody gonna get paid when I said they're gonna get paid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then on top of that, it was it was a couple <laughs> things going on down down south with um. Why he proceeds to blow me up after where his checks at? Why he proceeds to blow me up after where his checks at? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um. My biggest thing I want to I want to stress to everybody, man. We talk about it all the time on the podcast. One of the reasons why I rock with Max and Chase so hard, man, um, is this quote right here, man. Don't wait for don't wait for the opportunity. Create it. You know what I'm saying? Have that mindset going in going into work day on Monday, man. Don't wait for the opportunity. Don't wait for somebody. Don't don't have your hand out. You know what I'm saying? Waiting for the opportunity. Create your own opportunity, man, and blow the competition out the water, man. That's what it's all about. You know what I mean? And, and if you had that mindset, man, everything you ever wanted is on the other side of that fear. You feel me? So go get it, man. Don't wait for the opportunity to create. Good stuff, bro. Man. We're creating opportunities. Jameer, man, we appreciate and look, it, man. If you get the opportunity and you might, uh, you might fall down, don't worry. Dante will call a check-in if he knows that you might be doing bad. So don't worry. He'll make sure <laughs> He'll make sure to see how you're doing when he gets a little testy in the wall. Dom Joe likes to see a guy with his back against the wall. That's why he – that's why – Dom that's Joe why called me five times in the last three days. Hey, hey, man. That's why he can appreciate my story about me turning, turning him on high heat when I flipped this castle, when I stormed this castle. He can appreciate that story right there. You know what? That's it for today's episode. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and follow us on Instagram at CTC Podcast. Catch you next week. Uh,